Please listen carefully. What's up, everybody? Uh, so today on the podcast, we have Carl Powley. Uh, his last name, for those of you who are in the local area, is spelled the same as Paoli, um, the town, um, but it's pronounced Powley. Uh, so Carl and I kind of just get into the conversation uh, without really doing a formal introduction. So I want to uh, to kind of do that now. Um, Carl, if you have been in the CrossFit world, uh, is a well-known name. He got his name basically by being the, quote, uh, gymnastics guy early on, uh, which, as later on in the conversation, we'll find that he doesn't really actually like that um, stereotype, but that's kind of, you know, how I got to know him. Um, he uh, grew up in Spain and uh, became an, uh, an elite gymnast. Um, so that is his background, although he has a background in many other sports. Um, but he became an elite gymnast in Spain, um, won a national gold medal in vault. Um, and fun fact about him is that he actually studied environmental science, um, in Spain and specialized in genetic engineering and coral reef ecology. So I think that's uh, a cool fun fact, cause that's something that you wouldn't suspect, uh, in talking about all of his other, uh, sports related accolades. Carl and I actually met in around 2012, um, when we were out in San Francisco for a wedding and dropped into San Francisco CrossFit and he was coaching the class. Uh, by that point, he had, uh, like I said, made a name for himself on CrossFit.com and YouTube by basically providing gymnastic progressions for these complicated movements like handstand push-ups and muscle-ups and things that were um, very difficult for people back in the early days of CrossFit. And now... Some people might take it for granted, but um, back then there was really no specialized instruction on these more complicated movements. And so he was one of the first uh, movers in that area. So uh, Carl and I connected on Instagram um, and through some mutual friends, and I asked him to get on the podcast and wasn't quite sure where this would go. Um, but we spend a lot of time talking about um, kind of big picture stuff. So we, we actually don't really talk much about uh, actual movement and exercise, uh, but we do talk about things like meditation and um, this idea of ikigai, which is uh, a Japanese term to basically look at what your purpose is in life. Um, we talk a lot about how he's kind of searching for his own direction right now by putting out these daily videos on Instagram, these daily check-ins. Um, and just trying to figure out uh, where he, he wants to go. Um, so you can really tell how down to earth Carl is. Uh, he, you know, he, although there is a part of him that really does like the spotlight um, and, you know, there is that part of, uh, of his ego coming out. He is very conscious of it and knows that, you know, he doesn't want to go down the road of kind of your standard celebrity status um, that he wants to stay true to himself. And he's trying to find that balance of how does he, stay true to himself, but also deal with the fact that, you know, he's, he's relatively famous, at least in, in the CrossFit world. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I know I certainly did. Um, for those of you who knew, already knew about Carl Pally, um, I think you'll find some really interesting behind the scenes uh, information about his mindset and 
uh, and his background. Um, and for those of you who are new, I think you'll still get some really great stuff out of it in terms of um, uh, definitely stuff related to mindset. So enjoy. I'm going to record. It's wonderful. We, uh, Perfect. Just so we don't miss anything. Are you home? I'm home. <laughs> and that's uh, San Fran, that's, right? That's in San Francisco, yeah. So we were out there. I saw him on the East Coast. I'm outside Philly. And uh, my wife and I were out there in 2000, must have been 2012 for a wedding. But we had some time. And so we dropped into one of your classes, which was which was awesome because I had been following you forever. And um, it was, uh, I don't even know what we went over, but it was still under the tent. So it was, um, it was old school. That's crazy. I was going to ask you if we had met in person and uh, yeah, you answered my question. One time. So yeah, very cool. <laughs> well, thank you for, for, uh, yeah, dropping into that class and for having me here. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was just happenstance from um, something Chuck had posted about strike movement. Right. And um, I think you hopped in the conversation on Instagram and, um, and, and oh, Chuck was asking me about you know how long I had strike movement sneakers and mm-hmm. and and you had uh, popped in and uh, I was like oh this could be an opportune time to to ask Carl onto the podcast so good good way to make it happen. Um, so I do this podcast for our for our gym. Um, you know, honestly, it's a selfish uh, endeavor because I just find there are so many interesting people in our industry and and on the you know on the edges of it. And, and so it's, it's both a a selfish thing for me to be able to, to talk to people that I want to talk to. Um, and then obviously any value that our members get out of it, that's great. Um, you know, there's, there's some things that maybe, you know, I have kind of laid out that maybe we can talk about, but you know, it's kind of wherever it goes, you know? Yeah. Take, take me wherever you want to go and I'll, I'll go wherever it takes me. Cool, man. Yeah. So I thought we would actually start with the hold the standard summit uh that logan galbrick had run and i've actually never met him but i uh i've worked with Lindsay for birthfit stuff and uh and so obviously i know of him and i know of the summit and uh kind of his whole his deal and um you were talking about how you were you know logan yuzu is an example for stereotypes and everyone there, all the other, you know, CrossFit coaches and other coaches labeled you as like the muscle up guy, the handstand push up guy, because you had put out so much content as it relates to gymnastics and, and with your gymnastics background. So can you talk about that story and how you reacted to it and then how you handled it? Yeah, um, the summit became like the pinnacle of this battle that I was having internally, which was um, I had... Uh, what one would call made a name for myself uh, in the CrossFit fitness scene as uh, the gymnastics movement guy. And although I felt like I was adding value to the community through this practice and this methodology, I always felt like there was something missing and uh, I couldn't really put my finger on it, but I was exploring it. And, uh, this culminated kind of at the Hold the Standard Summit with uh, Logan Gelbrick when he, in one of his exercises around stereotypes and basically identifying how we are perceived by our audience, he, of course, asked the people in attendance, uh, 
using me as an example, if they knew or if they could explain how they perceived me to be as a coach or a business uh, or as a practice or method. And, and the gist of it is that people said, uh, Carl is the muscle up guy, or he teaches handstands for CrossFitters. Basically, he's the gymnastics guy. And this was my first true encounter with the reality of what I felt was happening, which was, okay, I'm, I'm promoting myself, marketing myself, expressing myself through uh, this methodology or through this lens. And I know that that is limiting me, but I'm holding back because uh, I'm uh, either satisfied and comfortable with the money that that's making me. Uh, it's knowledge that I have and I've had for a long time since I was a kid. So it's very easy. I was in the comfort zone, so to speak. And anyways, my reaction was to uh, stand up and give this uh, grandiose speech <laughs> and tell people, hey, you know, you should listen to me. I'm more than the muscle-up guy. Uh, but what I ended up saying was that the place where I was at at that time was at a place where I could say, okay, if, if people perceive me as the muscle-up guy, then I can uh, allow that to be what it is. and uh, allow for people to see me through that lens. And once they get closer, maybe I'm able to express more. Uh, and the way that I ended up doing this was by uh, starting a muscle up specific workshop, which over the course of a year uh, brought great attendance, uh, allowed me to teach the principles and values and techniques that exist within the muscle up, but also gave me a platform to start to express myself a little bit more uh, genuinely or from a more holistic perspective where it was more than just muscle ups. It was about, uh, the practice itself and how do we experience the human condition through that practice? Now you chose to go, to go with it, right? You didn't, you chose not to fight it because you, you were, you know, I think in a post of yours, you said you were, you were pissed. Like you were mad that people were putting you in this box, um, that you were more than than what people were, you know, perceiving you to be. But you decided to to go with it. Had had you always been like that, where you were reflecting on your reaction to things and choosing to react in certain ways, or was that something that you know was either new for you or like talk about that decision to to go with it? Because I don't think a lot of people would have done that sort of thing. And obviously not everyone is known as the muscle up guy or the, and, mm -hmm. and on such a stage as you, as you, but, um, I think a lot of times people often have things happen to them where they just react to it. Um, when really sometimes the, the, the better choice may be to actually go with it, whatever it is. Yeah. I've always been a reflective person and I tend to, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you're, you're of course reactive, but as you grow older, you become more responsive. Everything is a little bit more progressive. Uh, so I've always been a reflective person. That being said, my the way that I've uh, responded or reacted to something, of course, has changed over the years. Now, the reason I decided to go with it was because it was a current reality. And I wanted to ask, not just ask myself, but prove whether that was true or not, that if I if I went with it, that maybe there was something more on the other side. And, and there was, there was. And in fact, there, there was so much that uh, 
uh, it ended up kind of imploding on itself. And now me coming out on the other end as almost a new person with a completely new perspective where I know I can teach uh, certain movements or methodologies, especially in the movement space. But now I have this deeper sense of responsibility as a coach to uh, deal with the human condition first and then the practice second. Yeah. So people may sign up for this muscle up masterclass or this whatever gymnastic focus thing, because that's, that's the thing they want. But once you have them, then you can talk about the things that you want to talk about, kind of pepper in the, the, the additional material. Yeah. I can give you a super clear example. It's, uh, I would start the muscle up masterclass by, um, asking people, you know, if, if any, anyone in attendance has shown up that day because they wanted to get a muscle up for the first time. And a lot of hands would of course come up and mm-hmm. I'd say, all right, well, well, come on up here. Let me, let me show you what this class is all about. Uh, if you want the muscle up, uh, my first question to you is, do you have a picture, a mental image of what that muscle up looks like? And of course the, the response is, yeah, I have an approximation. <laughs> Great. The second thing I would say is, could you describe what uh, that movement looks like or the muscle up would look like. Yeah, I can describe it. They could show me uh, kind of visually without doing the muscle up what it would be like. Do you have a, and then I would follow up by saying, do you have a feeling for what it would be like to get the muscle up? Yes, I totally have the feeling. Cool. Can you describe that feeling? Yes, I can describe it. Great. Awesome. And once, once we had, once we, once we had that, then I could move on to the next part, which was, okay, now do the muscle up. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, I, I can't, I can't do the muscle up. Uh, I was like, well, just give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And they would try, they would try and they would fail. Right. And, uh, I would ask them, so how you feeling? Well, I'm feeling like a uh, crap right now. because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not achieving the thing that I have in my head. Okay. So I would ask them, what can you do right now to move closer to at least finishing in the quote unquote position that you want to end up in? Well, after a little bit of thinking, they would say something like, well, I could do, uh, I could use a band or I could have someone spot me. I was like, cool, well, let's, let's Mm -hmm. do one of those things. Maybe we'll bring out some spotters. The spotters will help the person. They get the muscle up. They finish at the top of the, the rings. They did the thing. They get a little round of applause because they accomplished something. They come down and I would follow up with some questions and I would say, cool. Did you, did you get your first muscle up today? Uh, yeah, I guess I did. Okay. Uh, I sense some hesitation, of course, in their Mm -hmm. voice. I was like, and how do you feel about it? Well, I don't feel like I thought I was going to feel. And I said, okay, so why is that? Well, because I didn't do it in the way that I had, uh, picture in my head. Great. Well, that whole thing, that's the point of this muscle up masterclass is for you to realize that the mental image that you have in your head versus a reality has a gap. Yep. Most of us, when we're trying to move from what we have in our head to a reality, we get caught in that expectation gap. We hope that it's going to look a certain way and then we do and it doesn't. And that requires repetitions, creating a habit, a methodology, something that you can adhere to. 
And although you rationally know this, we know that statistically 97% of people drop off of the process and they never arrive at the mental picture that they had in a reality, in a future reality. So what do we have to do? Well, that's what we're going to work on for the next two hours. And uh, yeah, that's the foundation of it. I love it. I had once heard the the difference between those expectations versus reality is ha- where happiness can or or is not right. Mm-hmm. So that whole that whole process fits in exactly with that, right? So what are we expecting? What are we getting out of it? But also, mostly, how do we handle the difference between the reality versus what we were expecting going into it? Yeah, exactly. And I think this is where this conversation around uh, taking a universal prescription, right, uh, a workout prescription or a technique prescription and creating an individualized expression that is challenging, uh, that is insightful, but that is also successful to some degree. Yeah. Which, and that's the artistry of coaching is to create, you uni- uh, uh, use universal prescriptions and develop individualized applications. And that's the whole conversation. And, and what's interesting about this is that this is where people start to realize that scaling is not a regression, but it's actually a progression. And where regressing is progressing. And when one can live in that state, one now, although they may be experiencing some dissatisfaction, have a sense of empowerment because they know they're moving the needle in their practice. They know that just by showing up and doing this, they are getting closer to the mental model that they were creating for themselves, but now in an emotional way, in a way that's physical, where it's no longer a rational thing. It's uh, an intrinsical, emotional, uh, feelings-based approach. And it's very powerful. You were... Uh, a, a high-level gymnast, uh, and in gymnastics, it's not like weightlifting, where in weightlifting you're doing the movement for the most part. I mean, there are you know accessory lifts and all that, but for the most part, you're doing the movement, but you're adding load, and that's how you progress, right? In gymnastics, it's very different. The progressions for gymnast—I mean, I'm preaching to the choir—but the progressions for gymnastics may not look anything like the movement that people are striving for. Do you feel like your involvement with gymnastics led you down this path to the the bigger messages that can be applied to other things? Do you feel like if you did not do gymnastics that you would have, you know, been the same person and and come to the same conclusions about these things? You know, where where does gymnastics fall in your in your um, kind of development and and I guess where you are now? Yeah, for for one, the first thing that's coming up is we are a product of our environment. So gymnastics definitely influenced the way that I think about things and the way that I teach and the way that I see the world. That being said, I also know that one's internal experience uh, is as powerful as one's reality. And if you or anyone, for that matter, uh, dedicate some time to uh, being introspective and spending time internally with oneself, uh, I think we can arrive at very similar conclusions uh, and s- similar outcomes as if we had had a- an outward experience. And of course, uh, this is something that uh, is is 
tricky to talk about because it's kind of like nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where we start getting into belief systems that uh, sometimes may go beyond our lifetime. And uh, uh, this is where we're now living borderline with uh, what is consciousness, <laughs> right? What mm-hmm. is awareness? Uh, uh, right. What do you what do you believe in? Is, is there a start and a finish, or is this just an ongoing uh, scene that we live? And if so, what is it that we're supposedly working on, and why are we working on it, and for what? So this kind of all ties into you know yesterday Kobe Bryant passed away along with several others. You had made a post. Um, your daily, you've been doing daily video updates. Seems like since maybe the beginning of the year or, or about yeah, that. Yeah, started on the first. Yeah. So um, in yesterday's video, you had said, you know, you you kind of sat there and, um, you know, I, I I appreciated that you, um, whether it was intentional or not, and I don't think it was intentional that you had moments of just kind of pondering and thinking and you, you know, I think a lot of people put content out there and, and want it to be very polished, very, um, y- y- there was, there was moments of silence in yesterday's video that I thought were very real, right? Cause you were just genuinely in the moment thinking. Um, and, but one of the things that you had said was, you know, the, this idea of, you know, what is the point of everything, um, participating and expressing the best version of yourself is, is, kind of that, that journey that you're on, which it seemed like in the, in the, around the fall that you were kind of, uh, changing things around in terms of social media, changing things around in terms of everything we've talked about so far here. Um, you know, cause I feel like you, you are, you know, in the beginning days of CrossFit, I, I started following you because of those videos about muscle ups and gymnastics. And I use your, your cues and your progressions all the time when I coach, right. Amazing. Um, all the time. And, and you could have gone down that path of being very comfortable in being the gymnastics guy, being the progressions guy. Even back then you were always using transfer skills. I mean, that that's, I think your gift of, um, taking one thing and applying to other things, which is kind of the whole point of this. So, so where did that come from? Where did the idea that, you know what? I'm not going to stay in my comfort zone. I'm not going to stay in this lane. I'm going to change things around both, you know, it seemed like internally, but also externally on social, you know, uh, limit, you know, who you're following. Um, I think you had a post about, you know, just because I don't follow you on social doesn't mean we're not friends and, and, and something to that effect, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe talk about that, that kind of journey. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, but why don't yeah. we start with the, yesterday's video, which I've been doing these daily check-ins, and yesterday I woke up, and I kind of had something on my mind, uh, and then around 10 o'clock, I see this um, uh, news about Kobe Bryant, and of course, I'm I'm thinking about Kobe Bryant and uh, who this person is. I know who it is. I've never met the person. I, I wasn't necessarily a fan. I'm not a basketball guy. Um, but it's it's kind of, it, it was impactful. Uh, and the the further along the day went, the more and more this, this spread like a wildfire, this message. And when I went to record the video, I almost felt like I can't ignore what I'm currently experiencing, whether it's influenced by social media and the news outlet or not. I, I need to say something around it. 
and the sentence or phrase this too shall pass was in my mind and my my first my first intention with that video was to express what i was experiencing without jumping on the bandwagon of uh, someone's death to promote my own video or perspective or ideas right so i was very mindful of just kind of saying this too shall pass and i attached it to kobe's passing and to his daughter and everyone on the on the helicopter yesterday which i'm still today processing um and i just spoke from the the heart right uh, and the reason i'm sharing this is because my whole life has revolved around figuring out what does it mean to be able to speak from the heart what does it mean to be able to live from the heart and if we rewind to my earliest uh, days of being aware that I was even alive, most of my life has revolved around fear. Fear of death, fear of failing, fear of losing my family or parents, fear, 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 everything very scary. Uh, to the point where it, I was so sensitive that everything was just survival. Thanks to gymnastics and having a practice there, I was able to uh, create an environment for myself where when I crossed the line of stepping onto the floor or onto an apparatus or even into the gym, there was somewhere in my life where I was in control. And I got to mm. express myself in cool, fun ways. And I got to play a game that although was creative, was also challenging and was pushing me to align with a code of ethics and practice. Mm. This is like in gymnastics, you have the, the, the code book, and this is where right. all the elements are that you get to choose from, and they all have values, degrees of difficulty that you, you use to put together the best routines that are going to allow you to compete at the highest level. And that, that's the game. So through the game of gymnastics, the practice of gymnastics, I was able to start having a relationship with my fear and realize that although I was feeling fear, I wasn't scared. Hmm. I was not, I am not fear. I am simply experiencing fear. I am not sad. I am feeling sad. And this is where through intensive practice as a gymnast, having support of sports psychologists and coaches, I started learning that a feeling is attached to an idea. An idea is a mental model that we have in our head. The fear or feeling comes from the idea being compared to a reality plus a genetic expression that we all have and that we have the opportunity to play the game of the internal operating system with ourselves the same way that I was playing the game of gymnastics or someone can do CrossFit or weightlifting or anything else. That took me many years to get a grasp of what that really meant. Mm -hmm. And 
now that I have somewhat of a grasp of what that is and how we work or function <laughs> as, as machines almost uh, and with software, now I'm tapping into what is it my intuition is saying? Like, what is it? What is this thing saying? What's the, 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 the heart saying? Mm-hmm. And how can I how can I speak from the heart in a way that people can hear? And in a way that when I speak to thousands, thousands can feel like I'm speaking directly to them. And the reason they can feel like I'm speaking directly to the individual is because the human experience is not individual. It's collective. Do you feel like when you were um, focusing or at least um, staying in that lane of uh, movement and gymnastics that you were being inauthentic? No. Or you weren't being as authentic as you could be? No, I I was. I simply didn't understand it because around me I had amazing gymnasts who were willing to sacrifice Mm -hmm. uh, certain things in their life to achieve a certain goal. But in my in my head, in my heart, I was like, I don't see the point. Got it. I, I just couldn't I couldn't get on board with that game. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand what it meant to climb that ladder. Yeah, you enjoyed the game, but not to the extent that others took it as seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you have a you you have a quote or, or you in, like this quote and have used it before of um I work on myself as an offering to you and I work with you as a way of working on myself. Um, where did you hear that? How do you use that in your life? Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll repeat it again for people listening. I work on myself as an offering to you and I work with you as a way of working on myself. Mm-hmm. I always knew that this was a selfish endeavor, life itself. Like that's something I've always felt that this is a selfish endeavor, but it happens in a collective way. I just had never heard uh, it articulated in a way that I could relate to. Mm. And um, maybe seven months ago now, I I came back from a trip, a a beautiful family uh, trip uh, to celebrate my mom's birthday. And a few days after I arrived home, I uh, I was waking up and I noticed a ringing in my left ear. And um, I was like, I'll go away. It just felt like something that was a little bit different than normal. And uh, after a week, it was still there and it started getting worse. And I started panicking and clinging on to it. And I went to the the doctor. They said, you have tinnitus. Uh, There's really nothing Mm. you can do. I did all the tests and all this stuff. And I realized, oh, wow, I'm never going to hear silence again. You know, I had all these crazy conversations with myself about, Uh, how now I was completely different and I was going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. Hmm. And fast forward a month after that, I was in Atlanta and I was having this major panic attack because this ringing in my ear was so loud that I I said, okay, I just need to sit down and meditate right now. So I sat down, I did a little meditation and for the first time in a month, I felt better. And although I've had a meditation practice, which started when I was 14 as a gymnast, that we, mm-hmm. we learned how to meditate and visualize and do all these things. 
uh, I had never been consistent with it. I had only used the meditation practice as a Band-Aid. And then in that meditation, it hit me that, okay, this is something that you need to now do consistently. You need to start picking up. This needs to be part of your daily routine and your practice. So I did. And in the process of doing that, it was like there was this little string, right? The, the, the ringing led me to this little string. And I started just pulling on this little string. And I started exploring who are all the meditation teachers? What are they talking about? Why are they talking about this? And of course, you encounter you know, the, the very old school uh, world of meditation, the new school world of meditation. And in the process of that, I had to let go of all of my belief systems to be able to hear what everyone was saying. Hmm. And in, in that uh, exploration, I, uh, I rediscovered uh, Ramdas, uh, who used to be Richard Alpert, uh, a psychotherapist, uh, who is famous because uh, he was a psychotherapist at, at Harvard. He started uh, exploring um, what it was like to use LSD or psilocybin as a way of helping uh, his patients. He got fired, and then he went on a spiritual journey, and he went from being uh, Richard Alpert to being Ramdas, Ramdas uh, meaning servant of God. And uh, he, he explored the meaning of what God is and what meditation is, what spirituality is, and he became a very well-known spiritual teacher. This is just for those who don't know who he is. And he had this beautiful uh, quote that he presented, which is, I work on myself as, a, as an offering to you, and I work on you as a way of working on myself. And that was the first time I heard someone explain something that I had been searching for for a long time. And the fact that it came from someone who uh, is a spirituality teacher and me not considering myself to be a spiritual person uh, nor a religious person uh, it was very empowering. It was almost as if like um, I had uh, joined forces with a side of myself that I I knew was there, but I was almost avoiding. And uh, I was avoiding because I was scared of not being able to explain certain things. Yeah, and that's where that came from. And was this the catalyst for some of the changes that you had made uh, I don't know if that was in the fall exactly, but um, this idea that you're kind of letting go of having, you know, an exact plan of what's next and more about, you know, kind of being in the moment. And, you know, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but it seems like you're you're kind of feeling things out in terms of where you want things to go. And, you know, if something comes of it, great. But if not, you know, that's that's kind of the gist I get from some of these daily videos that you're putting out. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'm influenced, of course, by uh, whatever I consume. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, it's always been the plan. It's just that every time I've tried, I've allowed myself to be convinced that this is not the way to go. But my heart, my heart says you have to do this, dude, or it's not going to work out for you. Th this lesson is going to come back and back and back until you pay attention to it. So what are you going to do about it? And it was actually in meditation where I uh, had this like vision that, okay, you need to do these daily check-ins, uh, these daily videos, and you just need to say whatever comes up. And it 
the outcome of, of it doesn't really matter. You just have to do it. And so far, the outcome uh, from a numeric uh, standpoint is I, I've lost a ton of followers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not making as much money. Uh, people don't really want to endorse me because it's not very clear what I'm saying to a lot of people. But all of that I've already experienced and uh, it doesn't make a difference. So why not just continue? And that's kind of where I'm at right now. But at the end of the day, I know that one thing is that in my, in my heart, I feel right. Like I feel like things are right. And mm-hmm. time is going to come where either I will have to choose or life will choose for me. In terms of what it is you're doing? Yep. Exactly. Which maybe I go back to coaching muscle-ups. I don't know. Maybe that's (laughs) that's what's going to happen. Or I start a new company and this company uh, does really well. Or um, who knows? I start driving Uber or Lyft. I I, I don't know. So, you know, in school, when when we grow up in a school system, and um, even in gymnastics, you know, there are these rules, there are these guidelines, there's, uh, you know, we're in a lane and, you know, it's very clear, especially in school, what the correct answer is versus the wrong answer. And in gymnastics, there are, there's a big rule book and, you know, there's style p- points and, and everything. But in, in life, there are no rules. Right. And in business, I think about this because I opened the business, you know, almost three years ago and I quit a career in education to open up, uh, you know, a CrossFit gym. And, you know, a lot of people probably thought I was crazy because I was leaving a tenured position where I was going to have a pension and basically, you know, wouldn't be, be, be making millions by any means, but was very comfortable and in a very high paying school district and everything, but I didn't feel like that. It was, it was right for me. Uh, you know, I was good at it. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't right. And, um, now that, you know, I have the business, I can, we can go in any direction. Like there are no rules, right? There's, there's an, in, you know, Simon Sinek wrote about this in uh, infinite game. There's, it's mm-hmm. an infinite game. Like there's, it's not a zero sum game just because, I win doesn't mean you lose or just because you win doesn't mean I lose. Right. Um, do you, do you think about that kind of thing where, you know, you come, you came from a, uh, you know, very structured gymnastics program, very high level by very high achieving, like you achieve because you play within the boundaries of these rules. And now that you're, you're not in that and you are creating, you know, you're, you've had several businesses, you, you can go wherever, whatever direction you want to go. I don't know if that makes you feel more lost or more feel f- fearful or, or more free. I don't know. I feel, I feel more free. Uh, the, the only times I maybe doubt or I feel a little um, fear is when I feel a disconnect from the people that I'm closest to or friends. And it's simply because my ego wants their approval. And sometimes I want society to approve what I'm doing Mm-hmm. Uh, as well but at the end of the day i'm i'm a law-abiding citizen i'm trying to exercise uh being compassionate and uh, contribute to something bigger than myself and 
there is there is a great sense of responsibility there. And what I've learned is that the more I exercise my responsibility of being compassionate and contributing and being available or holding space for people or uh, using what would be my skill set or talents as a coach to help or uh, at least help people learn how they can help themselves, then I feel free. And I am smart and rational enough that I can build structures around my life that can allow me to make money, uh, to have some security, uh, provide for my family, have relationships with uh, friends, and to be in a good, healthy mindset. Uh, and, and yeah, do, do the thing that you do when you're playing this game of being human in yep. 2020. So yeah, it's, it's complicated, uh, simply because I, I sometimes don't have the, the way of expressing myself that makes other people understand me. Do you feel alone at times? All the time, <laughs> but, but but I've I've felt alone my whole whole life, um, but now I feel less alone. Uh, the more I have been expressing myself this way, is that because people reach out and they they say they identify with you? Is that like like how? Why do you feel less alone, or is it more my, my, because you, you simply by putting it out there, you you feel good about that that. Yeah, my, it's, not, my it's ego, not really the my, feedback. My ego loves when people reach out to me. My ego loves this, you know. Oh, mm -hmm. I get featured on a podcast. Put me in, you know. <laughs> put me, put me in, coach. Um, yeah, my ego loves it. Um, but uh, if I if I just really sit with it, I'm I'm okay regardless of of this outcome. And right. if if I'm not okay, that's something I have to work on. You. Um you had a post about it and, um, I had heard the term before, but, and so, and I really enjoy it. This idea of the, um, the Japanese art of purpose called, I, I think it's pronounced Aikigai, but, and, um, you know, it's hard to talk about, but basically there are, uh, and you know it, but there are four circles that overlap in a sort of a Venn diagram and there's, you know, what the world needs, what the world will pay for, what you're good at and what, um, uh, what you re are really passionate about or what you really love doing. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the intersection, uh, you can intersect just two of those and you have things like a profession. Maybe someone doesn't love doing it, but, it, but it provides them money and it's what the world needs. Right. Or you might have, um, you know, this, this thing where you really love doing it. Um, but it doesn't provide any money. So that's, you know, a hobby, right? So mm -hmm. where all four of those things intersect is this idea of Ikigai. Is this something that you're you're kind of either chasing or you have in the forefront of your mind of exploring? Um, you know, how do you think about that? Do you feel yeah. like you're already there? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not there. Uh, not even close. But I'm 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 working on it every day. It here here's here's what's interesting, and then what we can get into that is that when one can can communicate in a way where they sound confident, a lot of times we confuse that with them being there. They've arrived. Mm -hmm. 
like that. One of one of my super skills or superpowers or whatever, my talents is that I can communicate in a way where I sound confident. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes people feel it makes people feel safe. But that doesn't mean I figured it out. I'm not the guy, <laughs> you know. That's I'm actually still, that, that's a great point. Yeah, I I feel like how part of why you had risen in my mind very quickly. Well, number one was that you were, you were an early adopter of the sport of CrossFit and had brought in this, you know, sports specific of gymnastics, which none of us had. And so simply by doing a muscle up, which doesn't even count in gymnastics, you already put yourself at a, at a level incredibly higher than everyone else. But to me, what was, you know, why I watched every single one of your videos back in, you know, 2008, 2009, when, you know, back when I started, mm-hmm. Was your ability to communicate and make things easy to understand, and uh, like we've talked about before, the ability to transfer movement to other movements? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I I wanted to inject there because I I agree with you, and you're very self aware that your ability to communicate and be and seem confident, in my opinion, is is a huge reason why you had gotten to the point of, you know, this exposure that not a lot of people really have Mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot to unpack there as well. What's interesting is that as a kid, I kind of had this image that, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to be what one would call famous. Like a lot of people will know me for whatever it is that I do. That's just, a visual I had and I thought it was going to be gymnastics and then I thought it was going to be CrossFit and fitness mm-hmm. and now I don't even know what it is and I'm like is it politics what it, what am I you know I, I don't know what I am and the reason mm-hmm. I'm sharing this is because in 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 my in the center of who I am there's something telling me you need to you need to share what's inside of you because a lot of people need to hear this and it's 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 kind of like it's a gift that you have um and it's almost like your responsibility to share it without succumbing to uh the the ego that will be expressed through that process okay so that's the dilemma that i'm 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 working with here and that's the the thing Mm -hmm. that i'm trying to navigate i'm like okay if i'm going to be known by many how does one do that in what one would consider a humble way how would one do mm-hmm. that without su- succumbing to one's ego and the stories and the look at me 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 or more money more money more resources more control whatever it may be right. and in order in order to express what i've been feeling since i was a kid in a way that is truly uh, of of being of service or compassionate or um, inclusive, I need to do a lot of work on myself. Now, why am I sharing this? I'm sharing this because when we go back to uh, what's uh, I believe it's called ikigai, uh, okay, but got it. maybe it's aikigai too. I don't know. Someone who <laughs> speaks Japanese will have to tell us ikigai. Right. I think. Anyways, in ikigai, the 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 gist of it is that at the center of what you love, what you're good at, what you do in exchange for value and what you believe the world needs more of is your purpose. That's your, that's your true uh, why if you're Simon Sinek, right? Mm-hmm. right? And the overlap, as you said, gives you 
four different aspects. It gives you what you're passionate about, what you can do as a profession, what you do as a vocation, which is more your contribution, and ultimately how you articulate that, your mission. Right now, I'm trying to identify what are the things that I'm truly passionate about? How are the things that I'm passionate about uh, work um, in a practical way? What can I do as something mechanical for my profession? What is my craft? Is it coaching? Is it speaking? What is it? Uh, I'm not sure yet, but I'm identifying that right now. And then how is that contributing? How is that making an impact in the world? How is that positively uh, shifting our consciousness and awareness in a way that's contributing in a meaningful way to our lives as citizens of this planet? And then finally, what is the mission there? And right now, as as far as I've, I've gotten is that my mission is to help people learn how to get their needs met. So everything that I do at this moment is just trying to communicate in a way where people can identify what is it they're feeling, what is it they're thinking, what is it they need, and what can they do to get those needs met. That's it. And then making sure that I'm balanced in, in my hobbies or my passion, my profession, and my contribution in a way that uh, it's kind of like juggling four, four balls. Um, I always want to stay in motion, um, mm -hmm. but there needs to be a balance to it. Is that something that you sat down and you set aside time to think about? Is it something that you, you just came across? Um, I imagine it was, both. it was a long, yeah, I imagine it was a long time, you know, in the works, but yeah. you know, to put words to it specifically, right. Cause we can feel something, but to put words into it, to articulate it, to communicate it, that's, that's kind of the trick, right? That's yeah. the. Yeah, it's, 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 if, we base, if we base what I'm about to say off of the notion that uh, the universe works in mysterious ways, <laughs> okay, and then we um, use this notion that what we put out, we get back, it's important to realize that what we're putting out into the world, when I'm saying whatever it is that I'm saying right now, I'm putting something out into the world. and. Right either right now immediately or over time, it, it's going to come back to me. As it comes back to me, I need to understand that it's going to come back to me in mysterious ways. It's not going to be clear. Sure. Butterfly effect. So, exactly. So what I'm thinking is, okay, everything right now in front of me is a message. And I have to choose what message I want to decode. And sometimes I'm choosing the right thing, I guess, and sometimes I'm choosing the wrong thing. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is I'm at the stage of I know I'm putting out, stuff is coming back, it works in mysterious ways, here's the message, hold on to it, decode it, talk about it on your check-in videos, and then see what comes back. That's the process. That's the process. Right now, The process it, is the game. Yeah, the process is the game, exactly. And what you're seeing right now with me, these check-in videos are, it, I'm literally like a comedian, okay? Going into dive bars, practicing my set. Right. Because here's the deal. Just like you and I are speaking English to each other, there's a code that has rules and structure, uh, and we call this linguistics, Whatever message I'm trying to communicate needs to have a structure, rules, something that people can can grab and be like, oh yeah, I I can 
dissect this, break it down, mold it, flip it, stress test it, make it mine. I can play with it. I, I need to be able to deliver something to people. And right now what you're witnessing is me practicing that. Yep. And doing it in real time. In your, um, so you have a book for your style yep. connection. Mm-hmm. And in your book, um, you have a 60% rule. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I think you're, you're using it a little more literally in the sense of, um, let's say in gymnastic progressions, let's say you're working on muscle up. If you get 60% of the way through a uh, progression or a stage that you move on, right? Because if you're, mm-hmm. you know, if you're slightly better, you know, over that 50% mark, let's move on and get some feedback and always continue working on that original one too. But, you know, be making progress. Do you feel like, well, not do you feel like, what do you feel like is the next stage if let's say you just started these videos, let's say that 60% is, I don't know, a middle of April, like you get to April and you're like, you know what? I've gotten a lot of good feedback. I feel like I'm in a good place. I'm 60% of the way there with these videos. Not that you can predict right now what that's going to be, but what do you think it might look like when you get 60% of the way there? Well, I'm not sure, but I can tell you what I'm doing and maybe you can tell me (laughs) what you think. Okay. Fair enough. So right now, um, it's important to understand that whatever you're seeing or anyone for that matter, even my wife is, is one dimension, right? But, but the practice itself, what I'm creating is multidimensional and it's almost like I'm creating an ecosystem. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the e- and the ecosystem has a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Number one, it, right now, let let's just speak about my career. Okay, we'll simplify it in my in my career as a professional coach, if that's what I am. Right now, I have what I call lifestyle design, which is right. me working one on one with people, and I'm doing life coaching, business coaching, branding, communication. That's what I'm doing. And you have and you have on, some on small groups that you're doing that too, right? Well, yeah. So I've cre- what I've created is a workshop okay. format that I call lifestyle design session. And that's Got when it. I bring a group of people in and maybe I work with 10, 20 people at once. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I've only done a few of these and it's very early stages, but the reason I'm doing one-on-one is because I'm speaking the individual language and then I'm seeing how do I translate this into a collective language? Got it. Right. I'm going from the individualized prescription to the universal prescription but always remembering that when I speak, I'm speaking universal terms in a way where people individually hear what I'm saying. Those are two things. Yeah, going then back I to have, that linguistics. Yep. Yeah, yep. then I have my podcast. My podcast is the place where I'm having long form conversations with people that may be in the fitness scene or not. Right now I'm wearing this hoodie. It's by Chantel Martin. Yep. It's an artist that I admire very much. The podcast is live today and it is, it is not landing. Like people are not getting it because they want to see that dimension that they're used to seeing. But all of a sudden they're like, wait, who's this artist who's amazing, by the way, and has so much to offer. But people at first glance is like, oh, that's not for me. This episode Mm -hmm. is not for me. Mm -hmm. But I know I have to keep doing that because that's where I get to now start connecting the dots between the things that I'm teaching individually and the things that I'm teaching collectively and transcending movement into life and business. Got it. At the same time, I have these little daily check-ins, these videos that are forcing me, 
not forcing me, but I'm, I'm creating a, 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 a structured environment that within 10 minutes or so, I want to convey a message. And the excuse is I'm going to tell you what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, it's kind of bullshit. Okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's, it's for me. It's so I have a structure. Yeah. But the, there's no other agenda other than trying to uh, formulate a message that is, can resonate. Okay, so we have lifestyle design individual, lifestyle session group. We have this very long-form conversation, the podcast, and we have these daily check-ins. So those how does, are, how does uh, Carl's uh, coffee fit in there? Well, I'm going I'm to get there. <laughs> then I have this thing called the Insider, which is a, a, a yearly event that I'm doing now, which is based off of self-development, communication, branding, and business development. And it's basically my attempt at creating what would be like a TED talk meets a Broadway show meets a seminar. Got it. Okay. It's a show that you go and uh, you're entertained, you reflect and you learn. It's an experience. And all of this fits in um, to the, the ecosystem and coffee club is the thing that's kind of like right in the middle. It's free, you know. You don't have to sign up for anything. We're just having a conversation, like I have on the podcast. It's an experience, like what you're going to see at the Insider, and it's all kind of there, right? Like it lies at the center, (laughs) and that that's that's the ecosystem of um, my current work as a professional, and I'm I'm simply building on that so I can get more clarity as to what it is that I'm communicating, how am I communicating it, mm-hmm. and how do we make right. this work uh, financially? How do we make it viable and not only feasible? Yeah. Yeah. And from that feedback, yeah, so you're using these, and, and if anyone asks, like, hey, what's next or what's going on, this is what you're telling them. But really, I mean, these are just vehicles for you to get feedback to put content out there or to put, I don't want to say content because that sounds too commercial, but you know, to, to put ideas out into the world, get things back that you may not even realize are coming back at you because of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And seeing possibly where to go. Yeah. For, an, an example is an option I have. I can take lifestyle design and blow that up. Right. Right. I, I, right. I can make, I can make between, you know, 250 to a million dollars within the next 18 months if I just push on it. Right. But the thing is, if I do that, am I going to put myself in another trap? And is that really what I desire? It's not. Yeah. So I'm not doing that. I'm doing something else. Yeah. And you, you talk about these two, um, quote unquote, advisors, Roy and Joy. Roy being (laughs) ROI and and joy being joy, right? Happiness. So, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe talk about that, you know, Roy and joy. Yeah. Uh, I, so Roy and joy are, are, I I heard, I think like five, six years ago on a podcast, someone (laughs) talking about their two advisors, Roy and joy. And basically it was just a funny way of saying that you need to, if you want to live a fulfilling life, you, you, you can't only look at the return of investment, but you also have to enjoy the process to some degree. Yeah. So right now I'm in a place where I bias my advisor Joy over Roy, and that's something that I am conscious of and I'm aware of because I know that the place that I'm currently in and 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 working on, um, I can easily fall trap for only doing Joy 
and mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, not not being able to continue this this practice or at least um, in this form. So you have to look at both sides of of the coin all the time. It's just what side at this moment is the side that your your heart really needs. Like, do you feel like you were chasing? You really need. Yeah. Do you feel like you were listening to Roy a little bit more earlier? You know, before a few years ago, or I don't even what put a timeline on it. Yeah. Before before it was all. <clears throat> you're you're gonna be the best. You're number yeah. one. Right. Uh, set yourself apart. Showcase what you can do. Remember, you're gonna be this great thing. Right. right? So just yeah. go get it. So not even not even monetarily, but even more ego driven. Return. It was yeah. It was massive ego. Massive. Yeah. But it was it was it was the only way I knew how to do it. But then there were glimpses when there were some, you know, business opportunities or deals where I was like, No, I'm not doing that. It just doesn't feel right to me. And people yeah. would be like, Why not? You're on this path, just do it. <laughs> I'm like, Well, it doesn't feel good to me. Hmm. So that that's always been there, which means that although I was ego driven. I didn't fully succumb to my ego. And now I, I, I say this all the time, and maybe this will be my check-in today, who knows? Um, but I, I say this all the time. It's like part of the human condition is that we can't get rid of our ego. So we have to befriend our ego, but we can't succumb to it. Mm. We, can't, we can't allow our ego to uh, always lead us, but we can use it as uh, the axis on which our moral compass spins. Got it. The, the ego is the thing that allows us to have contrast. The, the ego is the little dot in the yin yang, right? It's like on the side of darkness, that little bit of light on the side of light is that little bit of dark. That's the ego that gives us the contrast. And the contrast is the way that allows us to actually see the world. You're bringing me back to my psych minor and my counseling days. <laughs> um, sorry. I don't want to. Sorry. sorry? <laughs> <laughs> Not sorry. Um, sorry, not sorry. Uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, so I thought maybe we could wrap up with, um, a few, uh, rapid fire questions, some, some lighter, let's let's do it. Lighter questions. Um, so books, you wrote a book, um, besides your own book, what have you either read and reread before or would recommend others read if you had to let's say require it in high school or college you know require that yeah. everybody read a book or books. that's a great question i mean uh message to garcia is coming up right now to me uh, for me because uh, it's something my my dad made me read uh when i failed to complete an errand yeah i just re i just reread uh, becoming supernatural by dr joe dispenza uh, okay. it's a, it's a good, it's a good book on understanding how, uh, to basically reprogram and rewire, uh, who we believe we are and how our body works. Cool. I like that. Um, what are you currently geeking out on? Besides, uh, I feel like, uh, we could, we cover a lot of like self-discovery, self-exploration, but, um, is there anything else that you're geeking out on? Well, as you're saying that, uh, I was touching my fingers and I thought I burnt my fingers and I realized that it's because I've been practicing playing the guitar. <laughs> ah, very cool. Is yeah, that new? So, uh, yeah, that's very new. I, yeah, could is play it? A, I could play a little bit, but I'm, I'm like, okay, practicing every day now. That's cool. Is yeah. that, and, and was that just out of the blue? Uh, you, you, there was always something you thought about 
So it's something I thought about, <laughs> but I finally dared to pick it up. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Are you taking Are you taking lessons, or is this a self taught thing? Just self taught. I actually just yeah. downloaded an app called Musician. Got it. Yeah, it's actually really really good. Super cool. And no endorsement here. No. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Hey, we'll not an ad. Um, I'm sure they won't deny it though. Um, and what's on your bucket list? Mm, right now, it's uh, spend more time with uh, my family, be more present, um, travel less for work, and more for fun. Ooh, I like that. If you could be sent on a trip with the family anywhere in the world for free, where would you go? Mm. You know, I've thought about this several times. I would just be here. I, I've noticed this, you know, I've, I've been to so many countries, been to so many places. I was fortunate enough to travel with my family and I, I loved it growing up and I, I traveled as an adult. Uh, and every time we go somewhere or we do something together, it's never about the place. Mm -hmm. You know, the place is a great backdrop uh, that looks good on Instagram or whatever, but it's never about the place. It's always about the people. Love it. That I think is a great place to end. Um, where can people find you? Uh, what do you want them to know? I mean, we kind of went over most of the major things, I think, but where, yeah, where should people uh, follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the one uh, of you running or floating. Oh, yeah, running. yeah, yeah. The, the floating running. I, I, didn't, I didn't make that up. I saw someone do it and I thought, oh, that's cool. I'll do that. I'll do I think that that's too. the point of TikTok though, right? Like, I think I, so. I've been playing around a lot with it, but from what I understand, the point is to basically do whatever is going viral, but make it your own or, or at least do it. And then maybe you catch on to other people like, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, fun, it's a fun little platform. Yeah. yeah. You can follow me anywhere. You find my name. Um, you can Google that. Carl <laughs> Powley, P-A-O-L-I. Yeah, if anyone's uh, on Wikipedia and can help me, because there's another Carl Powley who's an artist in Chicago. There's an artist, right? And yeah. we're 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 mixed up. Our all my pictures, <laughs> all my pictures are on his Wikipedia page. He constantly gets asked, "Hey, are you the CrossFit guy?" Oh, like, no, man. I'm, I'm the actor guy, and I like I get it. messages from people saying, "Hey, are you the stunt man?" I'm like, "No, I'm 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 the well, you I'm could the be. Other, I'm the other you guy. Could be. I could be. Yeah. I could be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have you got Have you guys ever met? No, but we've talked and oh, he's going to be, funny. he's going to be on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. So great. So I love, I love stuff like that. I love yeah. it. Yeah. There's, awesome. there's absolutely no reason for you guys to re to talk. Right. But the fact that you have the same name mm -hmm. and get confused, right. It seems like he's, you know, somewhat famous as well. Like, because he's, he, he's a painter. He's a painter. He's been, he's directed some movies. He's been in a lot of big oh. movies and he's, oh. he's done a lot of stunt doubling for some pretty big names. Uh, okay. yeah, he, he has a following. Got it. Too Kinda funny. Cool. All right. Maybe yeah. We'll yeah. I have a question for you. Yes. Um, is, is, uh, the name of your gym, uh, the Japanese wave of, uh, exploration or is it? Yes. So, um, you know, it's so in opening the box, you know, I opened comparatively late to a lot of others. So a lot of the names that I liked were taken right in English. 
And so, you know, my wife and I have done a good amount of traveling and, um, we usually do some sort of mountaineering, you know, mountain trekking, mountain climbing, something like that. Right. So I wanted something mountain related and, um, I needed to go to, to languages of the countries that we had traveled to because all of the English words were taken that I wanted. So I actually, this, so, so yes, this is a Japanese word, but it's actually also an Icelandic word. So we had been to Iceland. Oh yeah. Of like the exploration. So same, same idea though. So means to explore, um, which, you know, I like in a physical sense of exploring, of using your fitness to explore how to, you know, be more capable outside of the gym. Um, cause we have, you know, everyday people here. We don't have any like competitors or anything. And, um, but I also, you know, I have an engineering background and then I switched to education and now I'm, you know, owning this business. And so I like the idea of exploring just oneself of everything we talked about, like this whole, this whole hour that we spent talking of exploring. Right. And then, um, and it also means pot of coffee. So as an avid fan of, you know, cafe. Nice kind of fits everything. So I, I ran across that on Google Translate. I stored, I filed it away in my Google sheet that I was keeping and opening the box. And then I came back to it, came back to it, came back to it, came back to it and realized that this was the way to go. So I, lo- I love <laughs> it. And how, how do you, how do you pronounce it? I pronounce it Kana. Kana. So. Cool. Kana. That's very yeah. cool. That's awesome. So yeah, that's the, that's the story. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. This is such a pleasure. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to share with you and Hopefully, whoever yeah, was listening in uh, got something out of it. Yeah, you know, I think it's um, it's refresh. Well, I don't say refreshing per se, but sometimes you you meet people or you you see, you know, a video goes viral because this person that you you've looked up to because they're famous or whatever doesn't actually act the way they might appear, right? Whereas mm-hmm. that, you know, I just I know that you're exploring yourself too, but. I appreciate the the word that gets thrown around, the authenticity, the the congruence, let's say, the congruence mm-hmm. between what you're putting out there to our conversation. So that's I awesome. appreciate well, it. That's, so. that's, a, that's a very nice compliment, and I'll take that and run with it. Hey, folks. Thanks again for listening to Cross Econa Radio. If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which helps us get found on the interwebs. Also, head over to social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at CrossFitKana, K-A-N-N-A. And if you have any questions for the podcast, email us at info at CrossFitKana.com. Thanks and have a great day.